Hello and welcome to another 10 Men Went to Mo podcast. I'm your host tonight, Kevin, and tonight we've got Tom and Lloyd. Luke is away at the moment, unfortunately. He's not very well, so we wish all the best for Luke and he'll be back soon. But tonight we're going to touch on the Watford game, the game against Everton midweek, and look ahead towards the game against Bournemouth and also bring up a few other subjects along the way. So thank you for joining in. And again, from last week, we do apologise for the very low audio. We have been struggling with a few technical things over the last few weeks, but we do believe that we've now... um, We've now overcome all those and we're on a better platform so we can bring you some high quality chat from all of us. So, Tom, Lloyd, how are we, guys? I'm good, thank you. Been a good week. Has been. Lloyd, yourself, mate, how's things? Not bad. Happy happy to be back to winning ways with the team. So... um yeah, it is. It's um, It's been a rough few weeks for us. There's been a lot of chat about the team and, and where we're heading in the future and, you know, with our coach and, and our, are our guys really putting in shifts and whatnot. And obviously we've had injuries, which we haven't had last season. And I think there's, you know, there's the term nappy shitters, which gets thrown about quite often. I think a lot of people have sort of been, I guess, jumping on that bandwagon and, and and really just not relaxing and it's it's early doors we're not in a bad position we're not where we are two years ago so calm down and, and look what happened last year as to what happened by the end of the season you know so you want to be there thereabouts i believe come at the start of the year put yourself in a good position to to get yourself in the hunt at the end and we are like we're we're not we're not that far behind in the way of points and you know the guys they're doing the best they can considering we are fighting on all four fronts so Looking at the uh, the Watford game, Tom, um, did you happen to catch all this live or were you like myself and saw part of it and then went back to watch the rest of it the next day because you were absolutely knackered from work or, or how did you go and see this game? No, I think uh, I did see it live or just a little bit delayed because it was a very good time for us, wasn't it? So... Um, that was good. Yeah, it was a nine nine thirty kickoff over here, yeah. so it was perfect so I finished time. Work at ten, know. so I just had to watch. Just had girlfriend pause it for me, for me, and got back after that. But you and I spoke last. Oh week. God bless her, she's a keeper. She is. Um, she was very happy. Um, we spoke last week about wanting to see a reaction after the last few weeks were a little bit. Uh, the standards are a little bit low. We weren't playing too well. The occasion wasn't there. A lot of things in the media. We were scraping by. We got beaten by City. Obviously, Palace was a disaster. And I felt like we got a reaction. It wasn't exactly the reaction I was thinking about. I just wanted to see some really good football, some positive football, get a really big result against Watford. Turned out it was a lot closer than that and could have gone a lot worse. But the reaction we saw was one of, uh, I don't know, resilience. And the, uh, the team spirit to come back from what wasn't going our way to put a massive performance in the last you know 15 minutes and come away with a 4-2 win. That is a reaction. That's a big one. That's the kind of win we wouldn't have got two years ago when we were trying to back up our title and it went horribly and you know under Jose and all that. So it, it kind of drew a line in the sand and said, no, nah, we're not going to give up on these kind of games. We kept fighting to the end. We had you know Batshuayi off the bench. So different reaction to what I was looking for. But a really good reaction, all the same. Yeah, that's that's true. We, you know, it was yourself and myself last week talking about this, and, and one thing we did underline is, you know, we want a reaction. Lloyd, did you see much of that reaction? Was that something you were looking forward to coming into this game against Watford? Putting in mind that Watford have been in form, you know, I don't think they're the team that a lot of people last year were thinking that they're just going to be a walkover. You're going to come in, you're going to get a heap of goals. And and looking at our last game at the end of last season, it was a bit of a comical game. And the scoreline sort of suggests that in this, but it was that reaction like um, Tom and I were talking about that we're after. Like I said, did you see that? Did yeah, you feel that? Yeah, was that something you were looking for? Um, it definitely showed the um, spirit of champions again. And it over, over the last few years, it doesn't matter how how bad we've been uh, sometimes but this team will never give up they'll fight to the end um, and I think even when, when, when we're not getting good results I think that's what the fans like to see more than anything um, I didn't actually um, must have been a very stressful game 
watching live, I, I didn't, I didn't, didn't catch it. I've seen all the extended highlights, but I think I would have had a heart attack. I saw the score afterwards, and I had no idea <laughs> what, um, what kind of. It looked comfortable, but anything but. Um, yeah, well, you bang on there, mate. Like I. I watched the first half and just after the second goal from um, from Watford and, and I'd gone to bed, I'd had a massive night at work and I was pretty, I was sort of falling asleep, but it, it was a stressful game for us to see. It uh, it was a high tempo game, like it really was. Watford come out to play and, and they weren't going to be a pushover, they were going to stamp their authority and I think they were really trying to prove that they deserve yeah, to be where they, they are they in the ladder right now. And they were fourth, yeah. Yeah. So they were yeah, so, you know, they're, they're coming in looking to keep their results. You know, it's, it, was, it was really good to see. And I, it, it, was, it was something to actually enjoy to watch. Like, they, they came out, they pushed hard. It was, it was back and forth either way. Um, I don't know. It, it was so enjoyable to watch, but I was exhausted coming to the second that I'd um, I had to go to bed because I was going to fall asleep one way or another. So, but yeah. So, so we'll just run through our our, um, our team for the game. So we had Morata starting up front, Azard, Pedro joining him on either side, Alonso, Bakayoko, Fabregas, Aspilicueta, which is a bit weird having Aspilicueta out on that uh, sort of right wing back position, but that's only due to um, uh, Moses being out injured. Cahill, Louise, Rudiger, cementing our back three with court firing goals, obviously. William, Batshuayi, Zapagosta, Christensen, Mosonda, Ampadu, and Caballero sitting on the bench. So, yeah, so looking at that field, guys, and um, and sort of what Watford put out there themselves, they had a fairly full-string team. Obviously, um, Chaloba uh, didn't play, but their starting 11 was very much their full strength, so... So going into that, um, what do you make of that back three with Louise Cahill and Rudiger? Tom? Uh, yeah, really good. Um, Rudiger's played, he's had a really, really good week with us, I think. Uh, particularly against Everton, he was really well. Really nice. Cahill, he may have, he's not the biggest, he hasn't got the most Twitter fans, let's put it that way, but last few weeks he hasn't done too much wrong, if, if anything, that I can think of. And David Louise back from playing midfield, obviously. Um, yeah, back to usual. Some good passes. Um, kind of no nonsense in the back. He's just there. He makes a few good tackles, launches a few counter attacks. So, not much to say about it. The interesting thing was, yeah, removing Asper Equator from that right sided centre back and moving him out wide. But it didn't go too badly. Yeah, and with, and with Dave moving up there, I think he sort of gave us a, a different. Um different look in what was happening down that side. Alonso, I don't know whether you saw this on your extended highlights there, Lloyd, but Alonso seemed to be missing in that game and, and the next game. So whether it was um, it was exhaustion from him or just something else, we don't know. Um, but he ended up getting substituted and Zappa Costa came on, Batchaway came on and William came on over the period of the game. Morata came off, Pedro came off. And the whole formation seemed to have changed, but that was sort of in the later part of the game. Was was there something in the highlights that you saw, Lloyd, that sort of sparked well, your interest or got um, you thinking? Not so much in the highlights, but I have been thinking this for a few weeks now. Um, I start going back to the Atletico game. We were fantastic. But the one area where they were getting at us a bit was down the right. Um... Um, against Alonso um, I didn't really want to talk about it back then but um, I think he can be get up, got out defensively um, but um, going back to the the three at, three at the back um, it was a bit alarming how many chances Watford had um, they were good but I mean I saw in the highlights that they had a lot of clear-cut chances where they should have really... Had more shots than us. Yeah, they should have really... They should have really scored more than they did. Yeah, they had more shots. Uh, It was 16 to 14, but we had more on target. We had 8 to their 5. 
So, but no, you're spot on with that, uh, Lloyd, that there was a couple of Richarlison's one, which you, that, they were open goals. You'd expect them to go in. And um, I think a lot of people are saying, you know, we should have been down 3-1 uh, or 4-1 or something. Yeah, you know? yeah, should have, would have, could have, but we so weren't. So going, going that was, a, that was good. I don't think it's, it's, it's a, just a problem with the fence. I think it's the midfield as well. I noticed Bakayoko seemed to give the ball away a lot and uh, completely going against his song. Yeah, um, yeah. So um, we desperately miss Kante, basically. <laughs> Let's just talk about the goals for a second. So Pedro, yeah, a sumptuous kick from the top right of the box, yeah. which in in realistic terms, we should not have had that ball. It went out on Hazard. They were up in the airs about it. We, yeah, we got the, the corner. They played it short out to Pedro and it curled perfectly. It it pretty much covered the whole goal, hit the left-hand post, went in. It was something absolutely brilliant. And and it's something I'm going to bring up later on too, that um, what that goal meant for the club. So that was at the 12th minute. And then uh, right towards the end, I remember watching it and I just had this feeling because Watford, they were playing really well. They had themselves a corner. The ball's come in. It's been headed out by Louise, I believe, and then yeah. it just happened to sit right under Corey's foot and he's belted it right foot. It's gone through one or two people, curled into the right corner there. Like It would have been hard for anybody to stop, but at the same time, why wasn't he covered or or the ball cleared out? So, so that put us in at one all going into the half, so obviously it sort of puts them with momentum. Um, second half kicks off. And then a ball which realistically should have been one in the middle. I, th- I believe it was uh, Bakayoko went to tow it down, get a bit of a touch, but it just sort of fell on a bit forward to him. Um, the ball went forward, cut out to the left, and then it was knocked back in through the right where Pereira pretty much took one touch and slotted it in over Courtois. It was looking back at the replay, I remember um, seeing that if Bakayoko had pretty much kept that run and stayed with him, he would have been on him and that shot wouldn't have been such a gimme. So, you know, they they obviously came out to play coming into that second half and um, it yeah. it was a period of, I guess, about 20 minutes where Watford were really on top. Did you see that at all, Tom, or was it...? Yeah, it was definitely... We conceded the first, the worst time. It was stoppage time. If we'd gone in at half-time, 1-0 up, they would have been a bit deflated. Conte could have had his words. Instead, it was 1-1 out of nowhere. And then we came out, needed a... I don't know. We just we didn't come out like we needed to. And they got that... Uh, they had the open goal, yeah, which was actually down down the right. They cut us open. Alonso was uh, jogging back. So you're right there, Lloyd. I think because he... He offers so much going forward with his left foot that he, he marauds up there a bit and then he can't get back in time. So that happened. And then, uh, yeah, we can see it just after half time. So suddenly it was 2 1 and it was 2 1 for a while. And it was that 20 minute period, you're right, um, Kev, that they just they looked on top. And that's when, yeah, you went to bed and I think you wouldn't have been the only ones. It wasn't looking too good until until late, really, until the, uh, the subs, which shout out to Conte, they were pretty brilliant. Yeah, so it was towards towards in the 60th minute. Um, just let me bring back up when back. Uh, Batshuayi came off. Come off. Batshuayi, so... Because Morata had been awful. Let's, I'll say that. Yeah, like he, he received he a, a yellow in the 56th. So I'm not going to blame him too much, but he was just getting beaten yeah. off everything. He was trying to get the touches in and hold it down, just couldn't. He's just come back, though. They defended him really well and just frustrated him, so... Credit to Conte being like, you know what, Batshuayi here, have, have a go, show me. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. And like after the last few games where he wasn't much chop, dragged him out of the 61st minute, Mitchie came on, 10 minutes later, he scored a beautiful header. And it was... It was glorious. It was, I, I just, it's remind me of Drogba. It did, yeah. It wasn't like a tapping like he normally, like it's, you can't take away from that's a good striker's goal, like... He found the space. It was a great ball from Pedro too. So shout out to him. He's back in the team. Got the opener and got an assist. I think there's some statistic. I can't remember what it is, but he's been involved in so many of our goals recently, assists and and scoring. So yeah, definitely, especially with Williams' form recently. Maybe he's 
putting his hand up for a starting position. But yeah, Batshuayi, it's just a good striker's goal, no matter who you are. And he gets a lot of flack, but great finish, back post. Lloyd, what's your take on that goal? Did that sort of remind you sort of the Drogba-esque type thing? or? Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. It's lovely to see some nicely placed headers like that. And um, it's, he just seems, as the focal point, as we talked about before, he, he's not really the answer. But when he when he comes on as a sub, he's... He seems just to get into the good positions, and he's a bit of a he's a bit of a, po- of a poacher, hmm. isn't he? Um, and we say that although against Everton, he was I thought he much improved as a uh, hold up player. He looked really strong and just laid a few balls off quite easily to our midfielders, which really helped. Well, hope, hopefully he just keeps um, hmm. keeps improving. And I know I know that some people have said before that. I think we might have talked talked about it that he struggles with um, um, tactics. Yeah. He's not very even dribbling. He do, he hardly seems to dribble for any of his goals, does he? The headers and crosses and tappings. Yeah. yeah, he seems a, a bit of a run-on player, which which would suit perfectly into a two-man front. Mm. But that's fine if you know, if the team knows that and they adapt when he's on the field. If he's playing with two up front, like uh, Conte said, he might start to yeah, do. And, and... and there's nothing wrong as well with being a super sub. Like, if that's what he's going to be. Like, I, I don't... Like me, personally, if I was playing, I don't care if I'm just coming on for 20 minutes every now, now and then if I'm scoring massive winning goals. If you if you feel like you're offering and it's helping the team... Like Fabregas at the end of last yeah. year and it worked wonders yeah, as well, like, didn't he? I think those kind of players are sometimes the most important. The players who are unselfish and and um, understand that the twenty-minute, forty-minute contributions are still just as valid. Yeah, and I'm, and I'm just watching back the goal now. Like it was, it was off a free kick. Um, Willie wanted to play it fast, played it out to Pedro out on the right wing, and it was a beautiful cross by him. Batchawai is positioned well in the 18-yard mm. box, pretty much dead centre, you know, and runs into a nice position, runs past two, you know, two Watford guys, unmarked, back corner, bam, in. And he really doesn't celebrate, just th- throws a hand up to the ear, runs away, runs back to the front, I'm like, cool, in business, doing it. Like, his, his demeanour and all that had changed within a week after that horrible game he had. And he's just come back on and he's just doing his business, you know. Like, I think he knows, he's well aware of, of what's going on and what's coming up with regard to the transfer market that, um, you know, that he really needs to start performing and being consistent. And and it was a really good game he had with Everton, which we're going to touch on a bit later. So it was... Well, his celebration as well, he put his hand to his ear to the crowd. So I don't know if he was just going to rev him up a bit, which is helpful, or if he... You know, he's seen a bit of the criticism and was thinking, you know... Which is great because at the end of the day, it's only going to mean that his um, Twitter feeds are going to be hilarious and brilliant. And I actually look forward to seeing those. I'm not on Twitter or nothing like that, but obviously they get posted on social media and I love it. Like, it's great. He's he's taking it all on the chin. He's having a laugh with it, but obviously he's well aware of what's going on. So then then we move into the third goal. So, um... Yep, and it's another great sub by yeah, so, uh, Conte. And he pretty much Costa on with his first almost touch immediately. Just marauds. Down oh, the, the, right the energy of this yeah. guy, I love it. And I'm kind of annoyed that he's not getting more of an opportunity. But with Moses playing so well, it's hard to put him in. Like how you really can't take Moses out playing well to put Zappa Costa in. Like his energy and all that. I don't think he's entirely mm. fitted into the Premier League yet, but. I believe he can be. He's got that energy and all that. He's he's still sort of a duck out of the water a little bit with regard to the way and the style of the Premier League, but he's not as bad as Quadrado when we had him where you could see polar opposites to how Quadrado was playing as to how the team needed him to play, where Zappa Cost is a little bit out, but he's, he's slowly mm-hmm. moving his way back in. So, yeah, so it was a nice goal. It was, again, William was involved in that one. Out to Zappa Costa, back to William. A beautiful cross on the right-hand side, very close to where um, Pedro kicked his. And it's gone over it's gone over a few heads, 
uh, a slight touch from one of the Watford players. You've got Mitchie in a prime position. Again, he's finding yeah. those spots, a real poacher-type um, goal that it would have been for him, like you'd say, but he's getting in the right positions, like he's learning. He's, he's now starting to pick it up. Dave at the back corner, I'm not quite sure why he was there, but thank God. He readjusted brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah, as you said, a little deflection, and he just managed to nod it down. Yeah, so Bakayoko was sitting in there as well. We only had three men in the box, and it landed on Dave's head. He's he's had a rough couple of weeks, runs away, kisses the badge, because he's a guy who loves the club, and he's been copping a lot of flack. Oh, I love that. That gave me, that gave me tingles yeah. there. Cops a lot of flack recently, undeservedly. He has been probably the most consistent play we've had for the past three or four seasons. He's put in the hardest shifts. He played every single minute last season and so far has played every single minute this season. And because he has one or two bad games, people are in his case to get rid of him. And again, those nappy shitters, they can just... Yeah, that's a joke. Yeah. We, like, we talked about him on here. I mean, he addressed he'd been out of form for a few games. That's it. I said I'd never be taking him out of the team because no. he's just going to turn it around. And he's got he's got there. all right to have one or two bad games. Like John Terry had one or two, three, four, five bad games, but he was always there because he was consistent and you knew he was going to come back. So it's, yeah, I'm, I'm about to go off on a rant, which I don't really want to. But Lloyd, what was your take on that third goal? No, you're right. Oh, it was brilliant. Brilliant to see Dave. Dave get that winner. Um it's a very rare, he doesn't get many, many goals, but you get one in those circumstances. It was, uh, I'm just, I'm just gutted. I wasn't watching the game live, so I didn't, didn't have that, um, euphoric moment. They're always the best ones, the, the, uh, last minute. But, um, yeah, um, I, I can't believe there were people saying we should get rid of him. Um, nutters. Uh, I think um, I read an article recently about the modern sports fan, and everything is either excellent or it's terrible. Mm. And that's very um, that explains exactly what's going on in our fan base at the moment. I think it's a it's a supply and demand world right now. Is it we expect everything to happen right now? And if it doesn't happen right now, it goes the opposite way. We're quick to dismiss it and go, well, get rid of it. Let's get someone else to do the job. Like there's no, and you, you see more so in coaching, there's no room to let someone grow and to let someone develop and, and get their, you know, their ideas together or their groove or, or whatever it may be in their respected fields. But it's just not one game, see you later. We're, we're quick to cut it and dismiss it, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> People, people will say, why don't you give the youth a chance? And we do give the youth a chance, and then they'll moan about them as well. Well, yeah, we'll, mm. we'll touch that in the Everton game because there was a lot of reports about the youth in that game. So, I don't know, you, you know, you're never going to satisfy people. At the end of the day, we won. We won 4-2. All right, two goals went in, so what? Decorate, no one was going to stop that. You know, the Pereira, okay, things could have been done better. But you don't learn unless you make a mistake. You know, you learn more from your mistakes than what you do doing it right the first time. You do it right the first time and go, okay, that's it. That's how you do it. You make a mistake. You go, okay, that's what's happened. I need to make sure that doesn't happen again so I can be doing this, this, and this, you know. So you, you, you learn more from that. And we won. So what's the problem? Exactly. Mm. We, we're in a tough period. And however we get through that tough period, however we... We find a way to win. That's all that matters at the moment. Yeah, I, we I know don't we're care. Not at our best. As long as we win, I don't care what happens. Um, but I don't. I, I. I don't see any reason why we won't find find our way back to our best. Because nah. um, attacking, like our attack, we're scoring plenty of goals, and that's that's the hardest thing. Um, with the players we got, and the players we got coming back, like I, it's a no-brainer that we're going to sort it out defensively. I can't see us not. Um, yeah. So we'll go on to Mitchie's second. Um, again, it came out from the right-hand side. It seemed a lot of our good play came out from that way. And William tried to pass the ball through. Didn't quite happen. 
Um, I'm not quite sure who it was who tried. And Bakayoko turned into like seven foot tall. Yeah, they, they tried to chip it over Bakayoko, and he just <laughs> yeah. nodded it back into Batshuayi's feet. He spun, turned on the player, and um, and slotted in. And I thought that was a great bit of control from him, and he was onside too. He so going to be uh, turned down there, was he? Because there could have been a penalty in that. He was all over Batshuayi's shirt. Yeah, just reefing him backwards, but he just stood up, stood up, held his feet. And then just dinked it over the keeper. So yeah, well done. And and I think that's a great statement game from Batchawai. You know, like everybody, like we said, getting on his case about how he's been the past few weeks and that. We got to remember, man, he's young. We mentioned it last week, um, and he's he's showing a good bit of metal to come in and do that. And he got man of the match for it. You could have also given it to Pedro with his goal and assist, mm. but. You know, it was a good showing and like yourself and myself, Tom said last week that we wanted a reaction and that was was a great reaction, you know. It was, and it was a very hard game. Give Watford credit. They turned up. They come to play. They played very good football as well. You know, they were bashing people around the we park. Mentioned they scored, I think, in their like stoppage time in their last three games, which had won them like a load of points. And so I thought they'd be really dangerous late, but we... Obviously, just turned it around. We were that good and that that fit, perhaps, that we uh, put three goals in the last twenty minutes. Yeah, and no, it was it was beautiful. So, any more to touch on that before we go to Everton, boys? You, you lads, happy with all that? Ah, uh, yeah, we've said it all. Just good reaction. Not the not the amazing performance I wanted to see, but as far as resilience and uh, the team spirit went, perfect. Beautiful. All right, so Everton, this was for the, the Carabao Cup, again, which I said at the start that we should just be giving it to them because they're our sponsor. And this game, for me, watching it, um, I, I didn't get to watch it live because I finished work a little bit later, but I did watch it later that day. It, for me, felt like like a League One game. The The passing was all over the place from both teams. The teams weren't... They weren't full-strength teams by no means either side. We had nine uh, nine new members in our squad for that. Evident had a few themselves. Uh, we gave youth a bit of a run. So I'll run through the squad. We had Caballero in goals, Cahill, Christensen, Rudiger as our back three. Kennedy came in, drink water for his first game as a Chelsea player, which was good to see. Ampadu as well. So they were our midfield players with Zappa Costa out on the right. Mosonda, Batshuayi, and William up front. So with that lineup, you know, it's fair to say that's not our strongest team at the end of the day. And um, with Drinkwater not playing effectively since last season, you'd expect a bit of ring rust from him. Uh, Mosonda, you thought, would be quite hungry. And Ampadu, again, you know, bidding at it, biting at it to really get in and give it a go. So Lloyd, did you get to watch this game or have you had to watch the highlights again? Uh, extended highlights again. <laughs> I was working during, um, but I've, I've seen quite a few of the um, individual player highlights as well. I've got a good idea what happened. Um, I think one of the fun things about you mentioned it being like a League One game. One of the fun things about the uh, League Cup is um, very low stakes, and teams do play more openly, make more mistakes, and I've, I've seen some cracking games. In, in this competition because of that um, but um, I was impressed with uh, not not overly impressed but pleased with Drinkwater's hmm. shift he put in um, not spectacular but no nonsense he just kept it ticking he didn't really he didn't really put the highlights I saw of him he didn't really he didn't give give the ball away yeah, well, his, his first few long passes didn't quite hit players. So whether it was they were both, they were on opposite pages come then or what, or it was a little bit of ring rust. But yeah, no, I totally agree, Drinkwater. He, he did yeah. play well for his um his time on. Um, it's the kind of player we miss, a player who just keeps it ticking, just makes the simple ball. I think that's what Matic done really well. Um, and it goes yeah. unnoticed because it's not not charging forward all the time, but we do need a player like that. Another player from the past who did it really well was Michael Ballack. Yeah. 
Everton had 13 shots to our 11, another game where, you know, the opposition has more shots but doesn't win. So would you guys say that we're selecting when we shoot um, at a better time or we're not going in rushing thinking if we just pepper the goals, one of them bound to go in and we're going to get the win? What do you think of that, Tom? Uh, I'd... I just think it was it was a game of two halves or a few periods kind of thing. One team was always well on top. I think early on we were. It looked really good. I was really impressed with how a, such a young team we'd had and such an experienced team were ready to just to kind of play at home, boss the game around, tick keep ticking against a pretty strong Everton team. Like, obviously, they had the uh, the new manager bonus, which we know too well after <laughs> sacking all our managers, and also Palace the other day. You always get that instant reaction for a few weeks. So I was really wary of that. Just, sorry, just quickly jump in. There's something I saw um, during the week, which I thought was hilarious, that Arsenal had finally managed to get rid of a manager and it wasn't their own after they'd flogged Everton, <laughs> you know. <Yeah. laughs> they can't get rid of their own manager yet. They can get rid of someone else's. So, yeah, sorry, continue on. No, yeah, so just yeah, I was wary of that. And they ended up picking a really strong team. You know, they had a few, had like Morales in there, Rooney, obviously all-time England scorer. They only made five changes. Yeah, and I think he was looking to put his foot down, the assistant manager, all the caretakers, saying, you know, we're going to start in a winning way and keep it going from there kind of thing. It didn't quite work out, but when I saw that lineup, I was like, oh, shit, because we're playing a very inexperienced team, which is what we should be doing. Because if we use though, these games for that, you can't complain about fixture build-up, you can't complain about not enough time to get the youth in. You know, Just give them these games, see how far they get. That's what we seem to be doing. So I was impressed with that opening period up until half-time, really. And there was like a there was a period where they were well... They could have scored a few goals. And Caballero made a few massive saves. Not too sure how much he knew about them because they were all very close range and he just made himself big, which is all he could do. Unfortunately, they just kept hitting it at him. So can't fault him, but they weren't too many spectacular ones. But I'd, I'd put him as my man of the match. He seriously kept us in that game. There was some, yeah, like you said, there was that, some... that real close range one. It just came off his chest. That was really good. He came out real quick and made himself big. Um, and then later on, we kind of took, we kind of wrestled control back a bit. So yeah, that was good. It was definitely there's one team always uh, on top of the game. I thought. Yeah, so the goal scorer is Rudiger, scoring his first goal for us um, in a Chelsea shirt. So he had a beautiful header. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, back stick, put it straight over, and the keeper had nothing. He put that in the 26th minute, and then Willian in the 92nd, which was a beautiful strike again from the left-hand side, um, came in off a corner, 1-2 with Sesk, and it was just, for me... That little passage right there was the best part of the whole game. That was the most cleanest, most professional, most, you know, it was it was perfect. It was beautiful. And it was what we know as a Chelsea football club compared to the rest of the game where a lot of sloppy passes and people out of positions and stuff like that. That was a beautiful goal. But then it was kind of ruined with, um, you know, sort of the next passage game where Everton pretty much came straight out and scored a bumbling goal from Calvert-Lewin in the 94th but the game was pretty much run and won by then but even still to let one in that late is a little bit concerning uh, Lloyd do you think the the back three could have done a lot better with that or was that something they, they could have that was it was a terrible goal to concede if that was in a I don't want to talk about it too much because it's, again, League Cup. We've just gone 2-0 up and low stakes. 94th minute, yeah. But, yeah, I think in any other competition, I would have been very... And we did it against Forrest as well, as I pointed out. He he, he just basically ran through the defence. And I think some of the goals we have conceded, people just seem to be running past us. But, again, off... I think we're going to sort it out. So, Ampadu and his performance, what do, what do you guys think? Like We mentioned earlier about the youth and um, and people saying how, you know, we should give him a chance and this and that, and then something happens through a game and they're, just, they're quick to run them down. Masonda, Ampadu, uh, Lloyd, your, your views on their game? I thought they had a pretty good game. Ampadu got clattered 
partway through the game, pretty much a, a reflection on his first game. But I thought they were pretty good, you know. I saw yeah. Ampadu again pointing out, telling people where to go, like like he's been there for years, you know. He, he looks like in what he's doing right now, I know it's only two games in, but he sort of has that natural leader feel, you know, like John Terry back in the day and that sort of thing. Yeah, well, he, he has a personality uh, and you can see that on the pitch and... I think lots of people get excited about some of our previous youth players who've gone on to elsewhere, but I don't actually get excited about many. I don't. There hasn't been many big personalities, in my opinion, that are coming. I think that's part of the problem. But he he looks so confident, and he he has no um, he has no um, qualms about taking on grown men. Do you think with his dad being a part of the Arsenal setup that that's kind of helped him? Like the, the coaching that his dad's giving the Arsenal guys, is he's obviously going to give his son the same sort of treatment. Do you think that's probably helped him in his progression? Definitely, yeah. Definitely, when it's in the family like that. You see how many um, many of the biggest players, it's all, all in their family. Look at Frank Lampard and his dad. Um, well, it's definitely going to help, but um, he just seems to. It's, again, it's early days; it's two days in, but he seems to have a mentality. A lot of the other young players don't seem to have. So I think that's the most important thing. If the, these players want to make it, um, if you don't have the mental, if you have the quality and not the mentality, you're not going to be a starter at, at mm. Chelsea. And, and just looking at the squad, right, Batshuayi is, what, about 24, Masonda, I think, is 20, 21, Kennedy, 21, um, Rudiger, he is about 24, I believe, Ampadu is only 17, Christensen, you know, he's quite young himself. So half the team was, in, in essence, like a youth squad, you know, like, so you can't get too worked up about them scoring one or, or whatever. Like, they're getting out there. They're getting a run. It's just that I think that, you know, n- not a lot of them have come through our academy, which is kind of rubbing people the wrong way. But you look at others who have gone out that we've sold. And um, I was at the pub earlier on, and they had the Tottenham-Liverpool uh, game on, and Solanke left so he can get a first-team run. Now, has he featured for him? Has he gotten on there? He's gone to a club as a forward trying to fight against three of, like, the best strikers going around the league. Chaloba, he's gone into Watford. Unfortunately, he's been injured. He's been quite well. Um, Ake being a back, you know, you'd expect with that back line there at Bournemouth that um, that he'd, he'd slot right in. But I think just the expectation of people in their youth, like if then we're a certain club where we've got a certain standard and if they're not up to that standard, well, what do you expect? It's just because they're youth and they're through the academy that we throw them in. That potentially will bring us back yeah. down. I saw, um, I've read some interesting things on this recently. I looked at the um, other elite clubs in Europe because uh, we, we are an elite club now, whether we like that term or not, um, we're, we're up there. And with the minutes we've given to youth, we we're apps. I'm not. I don't think we're we're top. I think we're second or third of the, of that list. That that list of elite clubs: the um, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester United. Um, and we actually we give a lot of minutes to the youth players. I think last season Real Madrid gave I think something like sixty minutes to youth players in the league. So yeah. we're still we're giving more chances than these other clubs still. Um, well, the first half of our season last year, you know, a lot of those guys got a run. It's just. It's like with anything, you get in the second half of the season and if you're leading the league by a decent margin, which we did have, you kind of need to maintain that and unfortunately the youth sort of get pushed aside because you need your hardened you know, warriors, for want of a better word, 
to be in there doing that job who who are able to do it with their experience so um, yeah we we definitely do give youth a chance and if we're out to win something you know they they get a sniff in it's not as if they don't get an opportunity it's probably just they expect more because they've come from leagues or competitions where they're the main man they're the one playing through like i remember playing junior representative football or whatever it may be you know various different codes coming in playing all the time and then going up to the next level and it's like well why aren't i playing it's it's like you've got to cut your teeth somehow and you just can't expect to walk into a squad that's doing so well yeah i think there's myth that all these other clubs grow players on trees and everything but look at barcelona they spent was it 100 million on mbappe um, yeah. So they're not, they're not, they they had a great generation of players, but um, they're still having a splash out big because those generations don't come around very often. No. So before we uh, move on to Bournemouth, is there anything you guys else want to talk about that Evan game? Anything I may have missed that uh, you find of interest? Um, no, not really. Just really impressed. Yeah, with the way that, as you said, the ages there, they were so inexperienced and they came out, didn't look nervous against a really strong Everton team. Again, the quality wasn't amazing. I was a little bit disappointed with Misonda. Because this is a guy that, you know, went to La Liga and had one of the best, you know, dribbling take-on statistics for the league. You know, league with, you know, Ronaldo and Messi and Neymar. And he's just, I don't know. The last game was a lot better, I think, for him. He just turned the ball over a few too many times for me. And I just want to see him do more, take on more, if he's got that in him. Like Ethan has, Ampadu. Because, like you said, he was unspectacular, but very solid. He threw himself into challenges and he bossed people around at corners and whatnot, which is what you want to see. I think if Masonda could take something from that, he could be really special. But like I said before, Batshuayi may not have got a you know goal or something there, but he he held the ball up much better than I've ever seen him do before. It was uh, that, yeah, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, that was a great game by Mitchy. Like he he really did carry on from um, from the Watford game, and you know, granted he did get substituted towards the end. I think that was only because you know Conte thought that maybe Morata needs to come in now, like not that Mitchell was doing bad. Yeah, well, that had an impact and back, that's yeah. he'd kind of, you know, run his heart out. He came off, I think, he wasn't he wasn't unhappy to come off at that point. He knew he had a good game. He got applauded off. So yeah. it was, so it was yeah, good. good. I just think, see. just quickly going back to Masonda. And Zappacosta too, sorry, had a really good game. Yeah. He kept, kept going from that, uh, that cameo. And Kennedy as well, even though there was a lot that he wasn't involved in, I think like Again, he's only 21, and okay, he made that mistake mid um, during the preseason and whatnot, you know. But he's young and and all that. But I, th- I think he's someone who do who does potentially have a future at the club. Like he's putting in shifts when he gets a chance. He's not he's not making a meal of his opportunities, you know. Like he's he's really mm-hmm. getting in, doing a good job, and especially with the other Brazilian boys there, they're really going to pull him into line. And this is a guy that he was a striker or a centre attacking midfielder or a winger he came to us it was just Jose threw him on late at left back with his left foot being able to whip in crosses and he's uh, obviously with a wing back role it's a lot more suited to him under Conte and he's, he's probably still adapting to that and stuff you know he's an attacking player so the fact that he's playing more defensively and we haven't had much, heard much about him complain much about him is probably a pretty good thing yeah so we go to Bournemouth um this is a 2.30 kickoff for us here in Queensland. Um, anyone else on the Eastern Coast, it is probably a 3.30 kickoff. So Bournemouth are sitting second last on the table. They're not having a great season. Um, they are kind of looking at going down. Considering we had Everton who were sitting 18th as well, even though they made a lot of changes into that game, uh, we've played a lot of the lower teams recently. Um, we Palace, Bournemouth, Everton, you know, within our last four or five games. So Bournemouth aren't looking that flash at the moment, but I kind of feel because it is down at the Vitality Stadium or Gold Sand Stadium, depends which you know thing you're reading. Um, they they're a team that can really worry us. They beat us at home 
um, two years ago. We went there last year, really had to work for our win. Uh, I believe that one was 2-1. So this is a game that I wouldn't think that we would take lightly. Uh, I believe we would field a full-strength team, even though we are looking a handful of days later at going into Roma. I don't believe this is a resting game for us, considering where we are on the table and how far back we are. So we're like four points back from Tottenham and Manchester United. This is a game where we really need our three points. And if we put in someone different, they need to fire to show that they're worth, you know, the worth of looking next week at Roma because it is Roma at Roma. Where are you at yeah, on that, yeah. Tom? Uh, I think at this point we had that, you know, instant reaction. We had a really... Uh, what's I don't know, satisfying performance conservative with our young players they've come out and showed they're not afraid they're ready to take chances so most of our first team got a good rest that week so I'm hoping they come out and uh, and click this week you know we showed the resilience last week um, the youth team have showed you know they're capable there's a much better feeling around the camp and in the press and stuff so hopefully we can kick on from there just take a win hopefully a real good performance and if we could get, you know, a couple of goals up, would be ideal, 60, 70 minutes. Could start pulling some players off for Roma because that's a big, big game as well. I think we'll be resting Conte. Apparently he's back now, he's available, but Conte said it'll ease him into it, so maybe he'll rest there and I think we need him for Roma, so yeah. Yeah, it's it's good to see that um, Conte's back on the pitch and I think he'd, he'd still get rested for this. I wouldn't throw him straight back into this Bournemouth game because... We don't exactly need him to be thrown into this game. I think it's a game where we can just rest him and make sure he's right because it's going to be a long season. We, we I believe we will be fighting on all four fronts for quite a while. We will go deep into a lot of competitions and it's just a, it's a management process. And like what happened with, um, with Azard coming back in, I, I believe that Conte will probably be the same with Conte that he won't rush him back in unnecessarily. So I'm I'm thinking I'm thinking this game is probably going to be a 2-0 win. Um I feel that Morata will probably play about 70 minutes, get rested, Mitchy come on. Um our back three will consist of uh Rudiger, Cahill and probably David Louise. Um going on the 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 wing backs you'll have Asplaqueta. I think he'll get a run on right wing back. Or no, yeah, yeah, no, I'll put him in there because I think Zappacosta might get used over in Italy, being that he played over there last season. Um, possibly Kennedy again. I think he deserves another run on that left wing, giving Alonso a bit of time to get his head right for whatever reasons his bad games have been. Um, I think possibly Drinkwater will get another run, possibly with Sesk sitting next to him and um, Pedro and Edin up front, like I said, with Morata. So I'm I'm picking a 2-0 win on that one. Yeah, that'd be ideal. Somewhere we could uh, yeah, start pulling some players off towards the end with Roma in mind. I want to see like a nice game from our big players that got a bit of a rest, like Hazard and stuff. That'd be really good. Um, Morata too. So we're going to go predictions then? So you reckon 2-0? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm hitting 2-0 on that. I don't think we're going to blaze away. I, I do think the Bournemouth will come in and they'll stifle us and they will put in a shift. They've got a lot to lose, so they don't want to go... I don't think they want to go home with a loss. You know, they're at home. It's not an easy ground. They've, they know how to play the game. They've played us well before. So, yeah, I'm, I'm picking 2-0. I'm, I'm praying for a clean sheet for our boys. It's something that's will lift our spirits in the defensive sense. I'm going to go 4-0. I'm going to say Hazard's going to get a brace. I'm feeling good. I like that prediction. I like the positivity with it. Lloyd, what are you What are you feeling with this? What's your gut? I love Tom's optimism too. I'm going to... I would also absolutely love a clean sheet. I think we're all desperate for a clean sheet. <laughs> but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'm going to go a 3-1. Um, I just, I, I said earlier, I think we get we're getting plenty of goals. There's nothing wrong with that, but I think they will fluke one in somehow. 
be one of those bumbling goals that lately we've been kind of uh, notorious for letting in. So just speaking on that goals, um, I referred to it earlier regarding Pedro and his goal he scored against against Watford. That was actually the 8,000th goal that Chelsea has scored over Watford. So that's a pretty good milestone, Um, you know, considering how long the club's been around and whatnot. Yeah, against Watford, it was Chelsea's 8,000th goal. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. So just just to test your guys' memory and uh, and what you may think, I'm just going to go down to our... uh, I'll go go down to our 4,000th goal. 4,000. See if you guys. I'll, I'll see if you guys can pick who kicked the, the milestone goal. Fuck so, me, goal 7,000. 7, no, no, no. I'll go down, like, say, 7654. Okay. So, goal number 7,000. It was a 1 1 draw against West Ham at Stanford Bridge in December 2008. Who do you think kicked that goal? Um. I was going to say Lampard, but I don't think he scored against West Ham until late. So, 2008. This is a Golden Boot winner. They scored 19 times in the Premier League that season. And it's one of only three times a trophy has been won with a tally below 20. You on Drogba? What about you, Lloyd? Uh, I'm going to go Drogba too. Okay, it was a Nicholas oh. Anelka. Oh, he's he up there for me. I was yeah, thinking he about did have it. Yeah, good season. Thinking 20, 2008. All right. Him. So our six thousandth goal came from the right boot of this Uruguayan. Um, he had scored plenty of goals for us, and this was. I'm just looking back in it. Uh, it was 1998 that this happened. So this guy ended up going on to have a coaching career with a northeastern club. Gus Poirier. Poirier. yeah. Spot on. Yeah, he was uh, there 6,000th. And then this gentleman is a club legend. Um, he kicked the 5th or the 5,000th, should I say, which was... Scored in the mid-80s. Now, mind you, looking at that, we've scored five uh, five thousandth goal in the mid-80s. We've just now scored our six, uh, sorry, our eight thousandth. I'm stumbling all over the place here. Let's say about, you know, 25 years later. That, to score 3,000 goals within that period, I think, is testament to where our clubs come from, considering our five thousandth goal was kicked in the mid-80s and obviously the evolution of game has a lot to do with that so this person uh, mid-80s the goal came in a 2-0 League Cup winner he is well, this is probably going to give it right away straight away he has scored 193 times for our club and is still well spoken about to this day and does podcasts every week on another podcast nice any takers Kerry Dixon um, spot on yeah there you go Kerry Dixon. Um, so I'm just going to give you the 4,000th goal. And um, it was by Peter Osgood. Oh, okay. I was thinking about 10 years earlier. Yeah. So, Good shout. Yeah. So we've um, we've had some pretty big names. Ron Tindall. Yeah. Was, I just saw uh, before Hazard got a 5,000th top flight goal or something. So, yeah, there's some definitely big names getting the big milestones. Yeah. So, we've done well. Like, our first 1,000th goal took a little over 20 years, obviously, with World War One happening in that era, and that was Bob Turnbull and then Tommy Lawton, our 2,000th goal, Ron Tyndall. Um, he was part of our front line with Jimmy Greaves at the time, kicked the three or put through the 3,000th goal for us, so... You know, some good milestones. And, and Pedro, he's not shy of big goal games and that, you know, he scored everywhere and in everything. So it was nice nice to see him score that. Uh, one, one other thing I spoke to you briefly off air was 
was looking at our club now and looking at our club last season and some differences between now and then. And one that I mentioned to you, which I think possibly a lot of people have either A, forgotten about or B, just overshadowed was the fact of our back staff has changed and and be it that the start of our season has been quite shaky and what we think with um, with our back staff changing and do you think that that's a big um, you know that, that's a big reason for where we are today obviously we've lost Drogba we've replaced with Murata Drogba was a big person within our club um, we've had Matic go we've replaced with Bakayoko and whatnot. And by the backstaff person, I'm talking about Steve Holland, who's obviously gone on yeah. to uh, coach the England team. So how do you guys feel about where we are now without Steve Holland as opposed to where we were last year with Steve Holland? Yeah, it's a great point. Oh, shit. Well, okay. Yeah, it's really interesting because I hadn't even thought about it, to be honest. I'd kind of forgotten he wasn't just there as always because i so accustomed to him just being there behind whoever our manager is. That's always changing, but... He was kind of the uh, thing that was always there behind them. So, but it's a really good point because he's been amazing for us, and England have got themselves a a good guy there. So, I'm surprised I haven't read that. You know, back when we were in the crisis in the first few weeks, that no one was writing about that. So, you picked that up well. Um, I think I think Conte's got this this group of players kind of behind him. Where we'll really see is if if he loses that, or if a new manager comes in, or you know, that's where I think he was really just so useful in keeping that kind of link between the players and the uh, and the managers and the players and the fans and whatnot. So I don't think it's been a massive issue yet as far as much as the players, but I think he was so useful for us in those uh, scarier times that it could come and make a big impact still yet in the future. Yeah, I was about to ask, do you think it's possibly impacting... Um with him not there, obviously, you know, Conte has brought his guys in and, and there possibly could be a cultural thing. Um, but Steve's longevity with us and what he's brought to the club, if if you feel that that was impacting. Lloyd, do you want to share some light on that? Yes, I do. Um, it, it, it could be a factor. And I think it's, it's still very early days in the season and we'll see the impact more further down the line but I just want to bring up a uh, interesting parallel take you back a few years um, to Ancelotti's second season and you would have both remembered that um, yes that's right and it unraveled everything Um, and then Ray Wilkins was sacked and it all went to shit after that Mm. Um, and Ancelotti didn't want Ray Wilkins sacked, so um, and everything went wrong after that. Um, so coaches going, it does have a factor because um, everyone knows knows them. It's familiar, and then changes always bring uncertainty and consistency, like in any, even in just a normal workplace. Um, so it could have a factor, but I hope I hope not. And also, one more thing I want to bring up that we haven't touched on just now. This is also the first season that John Terry isn't in the dressing room, and that's like losing a coach as well. That was another point I was going to bring into this. Yeah, that's. I think that has a. a a big influence as well, and that's um, it's good that you mentioned that. And quickly, also, congratulations to John Terry. I know he's listening to this podcast that uh, he scored his first header for Aston Villa on the weekend, which was very classic Terry of him, but very hard to watch him in a claret and shit blue shirt. But um, yeah, so no, and I totally agree, Lloyd. Like without JT there, yeah, I, I can't stand Aston Villa, so it's <laughs> yeah. No, and then they're two big names who have been a part of our club for a while that um, who are irreplaceable. I feel they're um, they deserve their status and and whatnot within the club. And it, I get people always talk about um, you know 
moving on to the next era and whatnot and you know we're going into the next era but they say that every year it's like there's never an era it never starts from here and finishes here it's like there's always people coming and going it's always moving and chopping and changing and you know for me it's consistency is the key consistency Mm. is what gives you longevity and you get the right people behind you for that longevity you will have that consistency and Steve Holland, Ray Wilkins, um, John Terry, Lampard, you know, those core guys have been it, you know, through thick and thin, through our success and whatnot. We seem to change our managers way too often than what I feel we should or we just appoint yeah, the like wrong people. But, um, yeah, no, definitely Lloyd spot on with John Terry as well. Yeah. I'll, I'll take you. Back for what I mentioned earlier about being part of that group of elite clubs. All of those clubs in that list have the same policy with with managers. You don't you don't see longevity with anyone. Um, it's the new way, um, whether we like it or not. I think like three three years is a good long term stint for a manager now. And just quickly touching on that, obviously Conte had um, made comment a few, couple of weeks back how he'd love to get back and, and coach in Italy. And something I read um, a day or two ago is that Chelsea are supposedly, again, I, I use all this quite loosely because there's so much fake media and people just making stuff up and whatnot, but supposedly we are looking at already replacing him come end of year because we're not expecting him to be around. And we're looking at the Napoli coach because of what he's done with the club and what a lot of people are um, are saying about him, you know. And yeah, we, we don't know. Anything. I hope there's no truth to that. I really do hope. Obviously, Conte and um, the board have a bit of a frosty relationship, or what we're led to believe due to the the signings that didn't happen, and you know what he's been given and what he's put in. No. Yeah, we don't, but I just hope a lot of that is not true, you know, and, and we can have some stability through our club and we can have a long-term manager. You know, I'd, I'd love to have Conte there for five years. I'd be happy with five years and then we get someone else if he decides to move on, but I don't think this whole two-year changeover, three-year changeover is a good thing. Yeah, I, 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 I'd love that too. Like, um, I'd love him to stay in and proper, really see a manager build something but um, I think I don't I don't believe that he said that he wants to go to Italy at the end of the season. I haven't heard him personally say say that. So, but um, I think we are. We're... Oh, he didn't call you up and tell you. Yeah. You, didn't, you didn't get that memo. <laughs> no, he he, he would have. We we we're tight, man. <laughs> but um. Surely I would know, yeah. What was I going to say? I thought you were the number one dial on his phone, mate. <laughs> oh, yeah, I've lost my train of thought. No, that's that's where I was going. Because um, we we're, we're, we're a business and we're a big club, so of course we'll be we'll be looking ahead if that scenario was to happen. Um, we'll, we'll always be thinking ahead. What if? What if he does leave? Like, mate, we don't necessarily want that, but it's not it's not beyond reason that the club already have a short list of managers just in case. Um, like any smart business would. Yeah, hopefully it's something we don't have to worry about for a few more years to come. Okay, guys, we've been talking enough crap for long enough now. Was there anything else you quickly want to throw in before we uh, wrap this all up? I take that silence as a no. So uh, thank you, everybody. Sorry, Sorry, I was on mute. I was talking. Uh, Classic Tom. Go, Tom. What do you got to say? Yeah, sorry. I was just saying, no, good, good chat to you guys, and um, we'll try and get the next one out a bit earlier next week. Yeah, Lloyd, sorry, you were saying about our technical difficulties. We're still obviously going through that with Tom not knowing that the mute button doesn't actually allow you to talk and be heard at the same time. So there'll be an education tutorial going out to Tom very soon for that. So, yeah, Mind sorry, blowing. Lloyd. Yeah. Oh, 
That'd be good. Thanks. We 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 never we never we never keep a clean sheet. <laughs> on and off the podcast. There's always something going wrong. Man. It's a ninety fourth minute consolation fuck up. Yeah. yeah. I remember at the um at the national kick about Tom, I still remember your pass back. Oh no. Defensive yeah. But we still won. We won yeah. for, I think we won four two. Yeah. yeah. Kevin, you were on our side as well, weren't you? I was, mate. I um, ran, around, ran, ran yeah. around like I knew what I was doing. I was just filling up space. So <laughs> it's all good. I'm happy with that. <laughs> all right, guys. Uh, thanks for thanks for your time tonight. Uh, like Tom said, we will endeavour to get the next one out earlier. Like uh, at mentioned at the top of the podcast, we've had a few technical difficulties and we believe we've rectified all that. If you could please share, like, subscribe. Um, Tom, do you know all of our social medias off the top of your head? Oh, top of my head. Uh, I think 10 Man Mo is that our Twitter and 10 Man Mo podcast on Facebook. If you show, if you search all that, you're going to find yeah, it. So. I'm, I'm not the biggest on the whole social media, Twitter spheres and all that, even though I do have Facebook. I don't pay too much attention to it. 10 Men went to my podcast as Facebook. We're on SoundCloud and we are on iTunes. Obviously, you'd already know this because you're listening to us. Please get your friends involved. Um, we're really trying to get a few big things happening for us in the future. And from all of us best of luck to luke with his voice that's his technical difficulties for this week thus him not on and we will hear from you very soon and we thank you for everything you've done now from myself tom and lloyd let's keep it blue let's keep clean sheets and up the chels